It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wait, I'm getting chills just talking about no this. No doubt. It's the case of this is what happened to them. They've lost their life at the hands of this monster. That story needs to be told. Stranger Connections is the embodiment of Lisa David Olson's perspective of we're all just friends who just simply haven't met yet. It's an exploration of the weirdly wonderful side of life and a look at the single commonality we have with each other, our differences. Slip off your shoes, pour a cup of your favorite, and let's meet this week's Barrel of Quirks. Welcome to Stranger Connections, where I celebrate wonderfully weird people and their quirky stories. I'm your curious beast and host, Lisa David Olson, and I have with me Stuart Blues, and we are trying to decide which one of us talks funny. It's one of us. One of us talks different. (laughs) (laughs) See, if you ask my audience, but then again, my audience is mainly American, you see, so they'll think I talk strange, but maybe that's why they're quite endeared to me, I would have thought. Yeah, one of us is from Minnesota, so people can just try and figure that out. <laughs> yeah. I'll do, what I'll try to do is, and when I do my podcast as well, I have my, what I call my international man of mystery voice. Oh, do you? Is, so, yeah. Now, the voice I'm speaking to you now is kind of middle ground. So it's not what I would call broad, because I'm from Northern England, a place called Yorkshire, which is quite a strong accent. But when mm-hmm. I'm doing the podcast and when I'm speaking to international people such as yourself, I do try and pronounce my, you know, say my P's and my Q's and cross my T's and <laughs> enunciate the best I can. But I'm sure everyone thinks I speak weird. You might need subtitles, which is going to be hard for a podcast. <laughs> well, I didn't know we had all these choices. So we'll, we'll just see. And if I, if I don't get it, I'll just add a, huh? <laughs> which is very <laughs> yeah. Minnesota as well. So Stuart Uh, Blues has a podcast that I found and it's called British Murders and it is Mm -hmm. really, really great stories. True crime, which is my favorite to listen to. Tell me about your podcast and how long you've had it. Yeah, so no guesses for what it's about called British Murders. I focus exclusively on the British murder cases and and sort of serial killers. It's not just serial killers, as a lot of them are. It's it's any murder cases, so it can be someone who's killed one person to someone who's killed 100 plus, for example. What I'm trying to do with this is I saw, I think I saw a bit of a gap in the market because most true crime podcasts that I see tend to last between 30 minutes to 60 minutes. And personally, just for preference, that's a little bit too long for me. If I'm in the car and I'm going somewhere that's quite a distance away, I can listen to a couple of those episodes and it gets you through. But, you know, if you're just like walking to work, maybe not in this climate, but if you walk into work or you want to go for a quick walk with a dog, for example, and you're only gone quarter of an hour or half an hour, I thought if I do something that's quite summarized and a little bit shorter than the rest, it's something people can binge listen to. And the shorter it is, it leaves them wanting more. And the real reason is it makes my life a lot easier because I don't have to produce long old episodes. That's a secret. 
None of us will tell, I promise. So the season one um, special, which is going to air on the, I think it's the 28th of January, part one, which is like 25 minutes and part two of the week after, another 25. That's on um, the Moors Murderers, which is Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. They're quite notorious in, in the UK. I don't know if you've heard of them at all. It sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they were horrible people. They basically found young kids on their own throughout Northern England and took them to the moorland. So just the barren sort of land in Saddleworth, which is an area near Manchester, uh, took them out into a secluded area, killed them, raped them, loads of sexual assault, all this kind of stuff and buried the bodies in the moors. And it's to the extent where to this day, one of the bodies still hasn't been found which is quite frightening because I drive past it quite a lot, to be honest. Really? So, yeah. So the stories you're sharing, sometimes you are in that area. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's quite worrying really because you think, oh, I'll cover all these cases because it's a genuine interest and always has been. My mum likes true crime. I like true crime. A lot of my friends do. And when you're covering these cases that are in Manchester or Uh, The Yorkshire Ripper is a really famous serial killer. There's just been a Netflix documentary. It's been on Netflix UK. I don't know if it's been on the US Netflix, but he killed, I think it was like 13 um, sex workers in the 70s. And he was from Bradford, which is probably 20 minutes, you know, to my left as I sit on my right. I don't know my geography very well, but it's close. (laughs) <laughs> and he was just a normal guy and that, that's down the road and he killed someone in my hometown which is Huddersfield and um, dumped her body on sort of the the notorious red light road that we have here which again I've driven past a hundred times and it's what right year and, what yeah he's pointing everyone since I just use audio yeah I'm <laughs> pointing yeah I do that when I'm on the phone with IT at work. I point to my screen. This is an opening. Um, you said it was the Yorkshire. Yorkshire. How did you say it? Yeah, I say Yorkshire. Um, you you might say Yorkshire, but Yorkshire. We, we, yes. Yeah, we don't say Shire. We say Shire. Shire. We say things a little bit different to you guys. But from Yorkshire as well, we leave words out. So, for example, the the most common phrase over here that we use as an example is rather than saying. I'm going to the shops, we would say, I'm off to shop. And I think you say, she was at hospital, and we say, we're at the hospital. True or no? Yeah, I think you would say she was in hospital. There, in hospital. And we say in the hospital, like in the bank, in the store. So you prefix it with the? Yes. Right, okay. Okay, so we would say, (laughs) if you... The difference is, if you're in hospital, that means you're a patient and you're being treated for something. If you're at the hospital, in my head, if you've gone to the hospital, that's to take someone there or to visit someone, rather than you're in hospital, which is like danger zone, there's something wrong, you're in the hospital. Oh, like she's an inpatient. Yeah, versus an outpatient. (laughs) But then again, an an outpatient goes to the hospital they just leave at the end of the day. <laughs> the hospital. Good. We fixed that. Yeah, the You're hospital. Yeah. Right. yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning my Americanisms. I have to because that's yes. my audience. Now. Yes, exactly. 
Um, so how are you finding your stories and are there any that were so creepy? So it's a two-parter. Are there any that were so mm-hmm. creepy? You were like, Ugh, I just can't touch that yet. So how are you finding uh, these? What I'm doing is I'm, I'm using the, the world's best search engine, Google, and the second best information piece is Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Now, people dispute Wikipedia's authenticity because anyone can go on there and edit it, but it still does reference all of the information on there. And like Wikipedia, there's true crime-specific websites that are encyclopedic. So you'll have Killerpedia and Murderpedia, and you have Murder UK and Crime and Investigation, which is like a TV channel over here. And then you have True Crime Society. There's loads of these websites. And obviously, if you Google local newspaper articles, you can read the information on there. So what I do is I'll find a case that I like the sound of, like on Wikipedia, you have highest number of victims for a serial killer or the last person to be hung in Britain kind of thing, something that's interesting. And then you can pick the different information from each website and then just amalgamate it and just write your own narrative. It's like you're writing a story. You know what the story is, but you're wording it in a way that makes sense to you and to my audience. A lot of the American podcasts I follow, you see, there's a lot of assumed knowledge there when I don't know what the sort of referencing so i thought rather than have that in the reverse i've just nipped it in the bud straight away you did what you nipped, I nipped it? it in the nipped it in the bud that means i just cut oh, in it the out. Bu- okay in the bud yeah sorry that's my accent there. <laughs> i'm sorry it's i love your accent and i find <laughs> your references do make sense mm-hmm. uh, yeah. now are there any stories that you've come across that are just way too out there the thing is that because i've recorded 10 in advance i didn't have an audience at that time so i've kind of done it for myself now there was episode three was on a scottish serial killer called peter tobin so and there's parts of it where you think this is my content and if i want to be very very explicit not using foul language but by describing what someone's done, because a lot of podcasts will say, um, this podcast contains explicit, it's got an explicit nature, don't listen if you're under 13, all that kind of stuff. And they'll omit a lot of the gorier details, whereas I don't think that's fair to the victim. Because I think if you describe exactly what happened, it's not like I'm trying to glorify it or romanticize what's happened to these people. It's a case of, this is what happened to them, They've lost their life at the hands of this monster. That story needs to be told. So the third guy, there was a case where he didn't actually kill these two girls, but he sort of, he had a young son at the time who was four and he lived in a flat in Scotland and he went to one of the local parks and approached these two teenage girls. I think they were 14. And he said, you know, do you want to help babysit my son? So he brings them back to the flat, drugs them, rapes them, And then it left the house and it left the gas on the cooker. So the apartment was just filling with gas. Luckily, one of them woke up and managed to report the crime. And then he went on a bit of a manhunt and they found him. But that was quite a a difficult case to just the decision to think, do I want to be that explicit? Which I just took the decision and thought, yeah, I might as well. Yeah, I I think that was the one I might have just listened to yesterday. That was really well done. And 
I think your warnings do tell you, you know, like some parents might listen in the car with their kids, which wouldn't make sense, but it, your mm. warnings, that's, then that's up to the listenership. And sometimes that's what makes yeah. people want to listen. But that reminds yeah. me of something else you do that is, makes your show so wonderful to listen to is that you will explain terminology. There was some health terminology that you would explain and mm. you, it's just such a casual pacing. You just say, and what that is, is this and that. And it's, yeah. it's not, you're not talking down to anyone. You're just, obviously it's something you probably had to look up. So you're thinking, okay, that's yeah. probably not known across the board. Yeah. It's as simple as visiting the, the NHS, which is our national health service, going on their website, typing in whether it's a, a specific drug that someone's used, like that guy, Peter Tobin used a drug called Amitriptyline, I believe it was, which I've never heard of. And I just wanted to know what that was and what the effects of that was. Because if you said he drugged someone with amitriptyline and then he, he did X, Y, and Z to them, for me, the context is missing. So when I write my episodes, I'm writing them as if I'm the listener. And as, a, and as, as I'm writing it, I don't know what it means. How the hell are my listeners going to know what it means? Especially if it's something that relates to British terminology. Because I was always thinking that I would have an international audience because I've got the, the English voice. I know Americans like the English voice sometimes. Our actors do very well over there, for example. Musicians do well over there. There's something about it. And so, someone commented on um, one of my Twitter posts saying they were an Anglophile, <laughs> which basically means that someone is fond of all things British. Oh, okay. Wow. So you can have your yeah. groupies, I guess is what we'd call that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of comments, a lot of comments on the accent, which is strange. yes. <laughs> well, you automatically sound like you're smart to us. I think it's, that's why I wear really? glasses. Sure, of course. Quite bizarre to me. I can't, that's hard to process. <laughs> Did I hear you say before that your own mom is also into true crime? Yeah, so she has always been into serial killers and murder cases. You know, you'll walk through the living room. And she'll have, whether it's that crime and, um, what's it called? Crime and Investigation? It's a TV channel anyway. We have Sky over here, which is our kind of version of cable, I guess, is the equivalent to you guys. So, so that's just documentary after documentary after documentary. And then she's, all the books that she reads is, you know, um, crime fiction or true crime nonfiction. So a lot of that has come from her. Just a bit of a weird fascination with stuff that isn't in the ordinary, I suppose. I don't know if, I don't, is, is occult the right word? I've got the word occult in my head here. I don't think I it think applies. I think so. It's just, yeah. Might be worth Googling occult. <laughs> Probably not using Remember it, right? now, remember that you need to have that great friend, or maybe you can train a family member or ask a family member to clear your browser history should anything happen to you because that's it yeah or yeah. do in private browsing that's the one <laughs> what are you finding with you know like patterns to the serial killers are you finding that they all have close set eyes or they all had <laughs> parents who didn't love them or made them wear dresses when they were boys or you know it's genetic are you finding any patterns as you're researching the main pattern is that there were a lot of serial killers active in the 70s. And that's not just in the UK, that's in America as well. 
So your people like Ted Bundy and John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, I think the Zodiac Killer might have stopped by then, but there was a lot of serial killers over here as well. I think that's just due to a, a lack of police sort of advancements in technology. DNA wasn't what it is now. But the main the common denominator, which sounds quite stereotypical, is just not middle-aged because you're talking probably between 25 and 35 white males generally. But what I'm trying to do is to include women in there as well, because there are women killers. I get the stereotype that, because, it, you know, obviously all the movements going on at the moment is about equality, which I'm obviously all for. You also had paranormal stories or had done mm-hmm. some research about the paranormal backgrounds. Is that something mm-hmm. you've added to any, I know it's not in the British Murders podcast, but yeah. where does that realm come in for you? Is that just something you were looking at? So with my old one that was an investigation, my old podcast, should I say, where we investig- investigated, I'm getting it in my head, interviewed, interviewed people. See, it's, it's in my brain now. We, we didn't have a, a specific guest list. It was week by week. And when we ran out of friends, we, uh, we went on the, the Facebook group, like how you and I connected. Yes. And so we were searching for guests. And there's a lady called Chris Sumner who works for she works for she owns the company her and her sister uh who's a twin and her friends they run this paranormal group in florida called soul sisters paranormal so she came on the show and she was telling as they go around to the most haunted places in america and just to see if there's any paranormal activity there they're not saying they necessarily believe in it they're not skeptics either they're just trying to see if there's any activity in these places because a lot of people who think they've got a haunted house just want to know if they can go to bed at night and not worry about there being a ghost walking through the kitchen if they get up and have a midnight snack. So they go to the house, do the little tests with the, I forget the terminology, all the electrodes and all that stuff. Tell them if it's there or not. And, and that's that. But they also do it for like churches and they'll go to some of the more notorious places. Like they've been to Lizzie Borden's house, who was the, the axe killer in the 19th century, I think. If I'm getting my facts right. Um, but one story she told me is when she was asleep once and um, she kept having the same dream for like two or three nights in a row. And it was a dream that her granddad, who had passed away years earlier, was just sitting there at the foot of a bed. and Or he was in the room, you know, semantics. He was in the room anyway. And it was the same dream she kept having and having and having. So she went to her mum and, and said, you know, what? what do you think grand, grandpappy or whatever she called him is doing in my dream? And she said, just, just casual as you like. Oh, just ask him. Just ask him. If that was me, I'd, I'd be freaking out a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> just ask him. So she has the dream again and she asks her grandpappy in a dream, what are you doing here? And he says, I'm waiting for your grandma. Right. A few weeks later, grandma dies. Oops. Right. Yeah. And then they're saying, right, grandma's died and I know where she's going. So she goes in with her equipment into the room where I'm getting, it's weird. I'm getting chills just talking about this. No doubt. So strange. This is on a a live chat as well. And I'm like, all right. Okay. So, yeah. So she, she went in the room with her equipment and they've got these meters where you can ask the, the spirit or the apparition a question and it lights up for example, black or white, it's probably not those colors, but 
black for yes, white for no, for example. And she was like, grandma, is that you, you know, light up the, the black one for yes and the, the black one lit up. And all the, she asked all these questions, you know, is it you, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden they, w- they went back another day and they've not had any readings in that room since. So it's like her grandma's died, met her grandpappy in the room, and then they've gone off to wherever they go together. Oh, wow. And then never had the dream again. No, never had the dream again. Never had any readings in that room again. Jeez. Which is bizarre. That is so cool. Because we all kind of want to think there's something else. Yeah. Sort of a phenomena where if something happens at one point in time, that kind of energy stays in an infinite time loop. So these two notorious gang members from probably the early 20s got into like a massive gunfight with the police in this house and they got gunned down and killed on on this specific day of the year. And they were there on the anniversary of this death. And on the tape recorder, which they just leave tape recorders all around the property when they're through the house, and it, it picked up this conversation between these two voices. Now, it's an all-female paranormal team, and there was a male voice on there. And I've watched the video, and it's weird. And it was like, are you ready, Ma? And then it says, yes. And then it says, they're coming for us, or something like that. A short exchange. And, and Chris says that this is like a, an infinite time loop. So at that time, on that day, each year, at that spot, that conversation will just repeat and if someone's there to hear it, they're there to hear it kind of thing, which is weird. The yeah. second thing, which is bizarre, is when they want to summon a spirit. So they went to a, a jail, you know, all these historic jails that are haunted. Mm-hmm. And they'll actually bring something to, I keep wanting to say seance, but that's really disrespectful because it's not a seance. <laughs> it's an investigation. Sure. They want to bring, bring something to the investigation to lure the spirit out. So what they did is this, prisoner who loved cigarettes and this specific tv show they actually brought cigarettes to the investigation and wheeled in a tv and put the show on the tv and then they spoke to the guy and he was like thanks for putting my show on or something that's that's weird like they could just hear it again (laughs) this is a long time ago but it's probably through a series of yes and no questions sure sure but again, they do leave out these voice recordings and you can hear sort of voices saying random things and it's freaky, especially when it's a male voice yes. and it's an all-female an all crew. Did you get to hear some of that when you were investigating it or yeah, researching? Yeah, yeah. So they've got a YouTube channel. I think it's just Soul Sisters Paranormal. Yeah. And all their, all their investigations are on there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, what they do is they pick out the key findings and play it through YouTube mm-hmm. and they'll play it at normal level and then they'll amplify the volume so you can hear it and put mm-hmm. subtitles on there for you. So I did research it and they even said they're planning on coming to the UK and they said, Oh, you should come along and come on one of, one of our investigations. I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. When you wow. give me a shout when you come and we'll talk then. I'm sure I'm busy that day, but I'll listen to your stuff. In the daylight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really freaky. Paranormal stuff freaks me out. Like gore yeah. and murder and 
brutality and all that. So, you know, like horror films like Hostel and Saw, where it's just blood oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. spewing everywhere. I don't mind that, but Paranormal Activity, I can't watch those films. They scare me. Oh, that's interesting. It. Like, it's very bizarre. It's, it's what you can't see that scares sure. me. Sure. Oh, it's the time of my show that's so exciting for me because I get to ask you if you've ever had a dare or a prank that you've played on someone or had mm-hmm. done to you, and would you share it with me? Yeah, I've got a couple of examples for you. The first, <laughs> I used to work in a supermarket, and this is years ago, and it was full of people of a similar age to me, a lot of them who I went to school with or grew up with, so we all kind of knew each other. And we just used to play pranks on each other, on customers, from little things to they'd offer you a sweet, little did you know they'd rubbed a chili all over it, or you would try and get as much, because we worked in the fruit and veg section on, on the produce section, and you'd try and get as many you know, lemons into someone's basket without them knowing and try to get them to walk out the door with it. But that's just silly little things that get you through the day. Yes. But, but, so there's two stories. I'll tell you the one that we didn't film first, because the one that we did film, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere probably in the deep dark side of YouTube and I'd have to really search for it. But the first one, there's a TV show over here called the cube. Okay. And it's the concept is you walk into a big uh, glass sort of perspex cube and inside the cube is like a, a game of skill that you have to complete to move to the next level. Each time you complete a game, you win money. So it might be a thousand pound, 2000 pound, 5,000 pound until a quarter of a million, I think it is. So, and you get nine lives like a cat. Each time you fail, a life comes off. It's, it's, it's a really good show. So this guy on one of the other counters at the supermarket had applied to be on the show. <laughs> he made the mistake of telling us that he wanted to go on this show. So we, we went online and found a template for, I think it's on ITV, which is one of our main sort of TV channels here. And he found like a letterhead template. Oh no which we edited and sent from the studio to him saying, you know, thanks for your application. You're going to have a, you're going to have a phone interview. Of course, next day at work, hiding behind the banana counter, one of the guys gives him a ring saying, Oh, you know, um, who would you take on the show if you won and all this kind of stuff? Oh, you know, my fiance and my best mate, uh, Jordan or whatever, who was one of the guys playing the, (laughs) playing the prank on him. So it gets to the point where he believes it to that level that he actually goes on Facebook when we told him he'd been accepted and says, Oh no, I'm going on the cube guys. I'm so happy and excited. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely devastated. He didn't speak to anyone for about a month. A month. Uh, Did he ever get you back? I would have got you back. He's not, he's not a kind of guy. He's not that kind of, I mean, luckily my involvement, I, I consider myself a bit of an ideas man. I'm not brutal enough, brutal enough, sorry, to carry it out, but I'm there with the ideas pitching. So I'm saying, <laughs> oh, you should get a, a proper letter and send it to him. Uh, You're you know, an oh, instigator. Hey. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I instigate <laughs> it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm more of a, the guy who says, oh, you, sh- you should jump off a bridge, you. And then <laughs> when they jump off, I go, that's his decision, not mine. I just said, you know, maybe yeah. you should. <laughs> You're the one that every mother says, if Stuart said jump off the bridge, would you do it? Well, I guess yeah. so. We know yeah. the answer now. The one that we filmed was one of the guy's brothers, because uh, in the car park, it was quite a small store. And he used to park, because we'd get there at six o'clock to 
start before the shop opened at eight, I think. And he would park there in the same spot every single day. And on his lunch, he would go to his car and just chill in his car for an hour, you know, just to get away from the crowd or the canteen or whatever. Sure. So, so one day I'm, and I filmed him and uh, I filmed his brother, sorry. And he got his car keys. So I, <laughs> he moved his car round the corner to another street. Mm-hmm. Cause, so when he comes out and we were hiding in the out, outside garden center and we were literally on the floor and customers looking at us thinking, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and we're, we're filming walking to the car and he, <laughs> he sort of pauses thinking, did I park there? Yeah, I, I always I always park there. Of course I park there. And then he looks around and he sort of shrugs his shoulders as if to say, there's no, you know, he can't see us, of course. As if to say, what the hell's going on here? My, I could have sworn I parked my car here. And he, he ends up running back down to the store. Oh, and no. just, before he, just before he gets in, I jump in front of his face with a camera. And then oh. his brother got his arm around. Oh, it's a really funny video. That it's is filmed, so great. It's filmed and- on like a crappy blackberry something because it was at least 10 years ago and that is so great because i mean it's bad enough when you go to a store and you forget where you park because <laughs> there's no cool way to walk around a parking lot no, looking for your car you, there's just no cool way but no. if you park in the same spot every day for work and you've got this whole routine that yeah. would give your heart a little bit of a start and he was probably going to go I got to call the cops. Somebody took uh, my car, dude. I think it must've been questioning his own sanity because sure. <laughs> you'll start thinking, did I even come to work today? Like, <laughs> Is it my day off? <laughs> yeah. Should I even be, how did I get here if I didn't drive? <laughs> my, my car's not there, but I've got my keys. So what? I did that a similar one to my husband because usually when you're married, you usually have a spare key to a, a vehicle. And he had mm-hmm. two of our sons at the dentist and I happened to have his spare key in my purse and I was in the same area. So I just moved the car around the block. I, I thought it was hilarious. I didn't wait around to see. And he kind of got me back in the sense of never bringing it up. <laughs> so- yeah. <laughs> He just probably walked around for a while, found it. He's like, I'm not giving her that satisfaction. Yeah. Well, that's actually what I did with when I referred to you'd rub chili on the sweets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Candy or whatever. They gave me one and I turned around and I walked down the aisle. And as soon as, as soon as I bit into it, I thought, oh, this is, it would burn in my mouth. I thought, if I turn around now, there's two guys out there going to howl and, and yes. just laugh in my face. I thought, I'm not allowing that. So I'm there sweating bright red. <laughs> walking down the aisle and I just thought just, just suck it up suck it up don't mention it ever again don't ever mention it and I think I think a few years later when we we're out uh, having a few drinks I was like do you remember that sweetie game that you rubbed chili on and they said I thought it didn't work oh. I, said, uh, I just didn't tell you it worked but it burnt my mouth off oh that is so good that is so good that is that is my favorite is just talking pranks too I um, really enjoy your show. Can't wait for more of the episodes to come on to British Murders True Crime mm-hmm. Podcast. Where can we find you? So uh, I'm on every. I'm on. Ev- I'm on everywhere. You're everywhere. Uh, I'm. I'm on everywhere. That's my. That's <laughs> me. me fail English. That's impossible. I. Um, I'm on everything. My main one is Spotify, and the other one would be Apple Podcasts. But my website, which is British Murders buzzsprout.com because I host with Buzzsprout. It's got all the links on there. There's literally hundreds of uh, podcast players you can go on. So the Stitcher, 
Deezer, Podchaser, Castro, Amazon Music, all that stuff. If you find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, I've just got TikTok where I do like 15 second quick fast summaries of each episode, which is quite funny. So I'm on there. What else is there? YouTube, but that's just a backup. But my main ones would be Twitter, I'm active on, Instagram, Spotify and Apple for because Apple you can leave reviews and stuff like you did. And Spotify is just the main platform that everyone seems to use these days. Great. Oh, this has been a really fun episode for me. And if you're into true crime, check it out. And my challenge to you, Stuart, is to get your mom on one at least. I want to hear how you both in, intercept the same story, how you both perceive it and share yeah. your bits on it. <laughs> that, that would be an adults only episode, I think. I'm for it. Count me in. <laughs> I'm honored to have chatted with Stuart Blues today of British Murders. And remember, we can only be strangers once and stay weird. This has been Stranger Connections with Lisa David Olson. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.